0: founder of centage almost uh, almost 15 years ago, back in 2003, really ushered in accounting, especially in an on and budgeting and an on-prem scenario. Just last year, they reinvested a lot of money, millions of dollars to move that to a software as a service-based platform. They crossed $12 million last year in revenue. They have a team of about 100 folks up there in Boston, 80% retention, which is growing as they move to that SaaS model, $13 million raised, which is significantly less their competitor, than their competitors, serving over a thousand customers. This Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you wanna get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer counts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this database, Hello, everybody. Good morning. My guest today is Barry Clapp. He brings over 30 years of experience in sales and management to Accentage. Beginning with IBM, he held a succession of positions with increasing responsibility in both software and internet businesses. At Digital Globe, a satellite imagery company, he served as vice president of international sales, opening distribution in over 20 different countries. Barry, are you ready to take us to the top? I am,
1: absolutely, Nathan.
0: Good. So tell us what Accentage does and how you make money. What's your business model?
1: So Scentage makes a budgeting and planning tool. Sounds pretty simple and a little bit mundane, but every company in the country or in the world does budgeting. Every company has a general ledger package, a back office general ledger package that runs their business. So 80%, 70% or 80%, depending on who you listen to, of people use Excel for their budgeting. And it's super complicated. requires you to build a complex model, maintain that model. If you have multiple companies or multiple product lines and lots of different people, it's really impossible to keep that budget model in place. So Centage was created for the purpose of automating that whole process, bringing like an intelligent prepackaged, purpose-built product to the market to replace Excel for budgeting. So it has all the the different uh, rules and Counting rules and logic, you'd need to build a budget. And
0: And should we think about this? I mean, do you charge basically on a software as a service model?
1: Correct. Yeah. We, uh, for years, uh, Synthage has been in business for 15 years.
0: Wow. So when was, when was launched? 2002?
1: 2002, 2003. Yeah. Something like that. And um, it was an on-prem model until last year. And we converted the product. We invested in a few, three or $4 million dollars and rewrote the entire product uh, to be a cloud-based, 100% SaaS-based product. So this is the next generation from us of going from an on-prem model to a subscription model.
0: And can you just describe to folks uh, first two things? One, how much capital have you raised to facilitate some of this change in total? And two, uh, what does on-prem mean for those that aren't familiar?
1: So on-prem just is we would license the software to people, right? And they'd run it on a, a server at their facility. Um, and um, so it was a license model where we would charge uh, annual maintenance and support to the people and that's the way we uh, manage it now. It's a complete subscription hosted by us you know, on the cloud on AWS uh, and so forth. So one thing I wanna say before I tell you how much money we raise, which I'm happy to do, but our competitors just give me an idea of the sort of excitement of this market and how big this market might be. So we probably got 10 competitors only one or two of which really play in our space. We're kind of in the SMB space. So, so probably 25 million to $500 million companies. So there are a lot of people in the larger space, but
0: you mean, mean that's the target of your customer. They're doing 25 to 500 million in revenue.
1: That's our target customer pretty much. And there are a lot of people that are going after the enterprise fortune 50, fortune 100, but our biggest competitor raised $175 million. Who is that? several rounds a company called adaptive insights and, out of silicon valley and um so we raised 13 and a half million dollars
0: so you're winning then right you you raise less money and you're kicking their butt
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right. so, yeah. but so you've raised to... just
0: to be clear you've raised 13 million dollars total total yeah okay got it my research for some reason had said 23 million so i'm trying to figure out where that might have been wrong no
1: 13 and a half million we raised originally nine and a half million and a lot of that went to recapitalize the company actually oh so you
0: have i can add nine million to 13 that's where i no 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 okay
1: it's 13 and a half it's all we've ever raised
0: got it so you did you did uh, you did a tranche round you did nine million originally then closed additional on top of that Right. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. And, and tell me more about your backstory. I mean, this was 2003 when you launched this. What were you doing before that?
1: Yeah. So I'm, well, I don't know if folks can see me or not, but I'm a man of some years. Um, <laughs> 30 years young,
0: Barry, 30
1: yeah, years I've young. Been, I've been around the Boston market forever in sales and marketing. As, I, as it said in my bio, I came out of IBM back in the day and learned a lot about sales and marketing from there. And since that time, really have worked for early stage companies, both software and uh, hardware, technology, scientific products, that kind of thing, all around the Boston area, have quite a known reputation with the VCs around Boston. and the Who are org- the
0: top three, would you say, the top three VCs in Boston?
1: I would say, well, you know, I deal more with the PE firms this time, so I haven't really dealt with the... Okay, the same VCs. question,
0: but for PE. Okay. What are top three PE uh, firms in...
1: Great Hill, you know, Capital is one that we like a lot. Um, uh, we've been talking then mostly to New York-based and, uh, and, and California-based ones. So we've talked to everybody, KKR and and uh, just everybody. We went to this, uh, you know, forum where we presented to all the top players and XL uh, and everybody else. And so they're all tracking us, you know, till we get big enough to – with it, but it might be some chance to put some money in for leverage, you know, to try to leverage what we're doing. Yep. Very cool. Okay. Take us more.
0: I want to learn more about kind of your customer base. So, so you said you're targeting kind of 25 million to 500 million revenues. What's the average customer paying you per month? The
1: average customer is about uh, 35, 40,000 per year. Okay. Right. So that's our average subscription pretty much. Um, in the first year we also sell some services, uh, to implement, of the product, so you know, our our dream scenario is a customer that's paying, you know, four thousand a month, that kind of thing. But you know, we collect it on an annual basis, so we think about it in terms of annual.
0: And is the annual pricing whether it's thirty thousand or forty thousand or more? Uh, I assume there's kind of a flat fee, and then is it a per seat model, or how does it work? And
1: yeah, we price it per seat. We have uh, we build it from uh we have what we call core users or finance users. Uh-huh. There might be five or ten finance users, and then they, we have. Budget contributors, so people who just contribute to the budget. So we call those light users. So it's some combination of core users, light users. Uh, we have an analytics product that is attached to it, and so that all adds up to a to a, a base price.
0: Oh, great. Uh, and really. how many how many customers do you have on the platform today?
1: So we've got about a thousand customers, uh, probably ten thousand users, because each customer has an average of. 10 or so users.
0: And just to be clear, customer is a business and a user is a person at the business, a seat.
1: That's right. That's what seat. Yep. Okay. And, and then each of those customers, those 10,000 customers probably budget for two or three or four companies. So we actually, Oh do wow. For, yeah. So if you buy the product, most of those customers have divisions or subsidiaries, that kind of thing. So I'd say we budget for about 3000 companies. Uh, but have about 10,000, uh, a thousand, I'm sorry, paying customers.
0: So, so Barry, if I take a thousand customers at a, at a, you know, the low end 30 grand ACV, it sounds like you, you've broken the magical $30 million AR number. Is that accurate?
1: So that what we're right in the midst of doing right now is converting all those on-premise licensed customers to ARR. Yep. And, and we do that. We'll be in good shape. So we've just come out with our new product budget Maestro nine, which just is going to, blow the market away it's so simple to use and uh, so much more profound than uh, our previous product and we're right now we're baiting it with some people we announced it at our our user conference in may and people are lining up actually and wanting to convert to the new product so we're going to have to take them to an ams model where they're not paying that much and bring them to a subscription model.
0: Got it. Uh, so, so you're, are you? I'm curious how this tr- is panning out. So, of your thousand customers, what percentage are still paying on an on-prem basis?
1: So, I would say um, it's probably about thirty percent subscription and seventy percent on-prem.
0: Okay. And are those on-prem solutions the annual maintenance fee that they're paying? Is it more or less than the than the software based annual contract value?
1: Yeah. Less, much less, much it's less.
0: Okay. It's so easy. you're, mm-hmm. so you're having to run kind of an inside sales process on these folks to get them upgraded to the SaaS platform.
1: Yeah. And so here's the way we hope that it'll work. If if you were to approach us today and want to buy budget Maestro nine, our new product, you would pay something much more, maybe five times as much as a current customer is paying for their annual maintenance and support. So we're going to make it very attractive for the current customers who have been with us for some for more than five years and say, we're not going to make you pay what the, what the uh, current, what a brand new customer would pay. We're going to give you a 50% discount or something on that and bring those people over as uh, favored uh, friends of, of the company and bring them over at that, you know, for some period of time.
0: That's great. I mean, well, since, try. since, since it's not a pure play yet, you're trying to move everyone to a pure play SaaS model. Uh, are you, I mean, are you comfortable sharing if you ball up your whole business last year, what revenue number did you break?
1: We were at about uh, 12 million last year. We're looking to be about 17 million. That's great. Which, That's yeah. really great. And what
0: percentage, you mentioned that you utilize kind of an upfront setup fee to get people onboarded. Uh, is that a significant amount of your revenue or is most of it recurring?
1: About a third of our revenue, um, I would say, when we do a deal. Um, we just need to, basically, it's. Uh, The people need help to convert their current budget model, which is usually in Excel, over to our tool. So it's almost more training than it is consulting or onboarding, you know. We do a lot of on-site, one-week on-site training. We do a lot of in-house people come here, we have several training rooms here that people come to, and we do it remote sometimes via WebEx uh, and that kind of thing. we usually it's about one week of training for fifteen thousand or so up front to try to get the, to get the product up and running.
0: I imagine that's also nice for you. It helps you recover your your customer acquisition cost more uh, faster.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. What and do we you? We need them to be successful. You know, we it's um you know c- converting your budget into a tool like this is um it, there's a lot to it. Uh, yep. It's it's a complex uh, application, not ours, but the idea of building a budget for a $200 million company is a pretty, it would take you six months in Excel or more. Mm-hmm. And so we can them over in a week, but it does require some handholding and some guidance.
0: Now, handholding obviously probably requires team members. What's your team size at today?
1: So we're at about a hundred people.
0: Okay. All based up there in Boston.
1: Most in Boston, we have a lot of these trainers that I talked to you about are actually spread throughout the country so that they're in different time zones. Uh, we have a couple of salespeople who are remote, but they're still working is if they were located here so and we have a small subsidiary up in canada
0: okay very good and then walk me through i mean consider obviously your marketing and sales team and whatever you're spending on paid acquisition i mean what is your customer acquisition cost on average would you say
1: you know i haven't calculated that right i should be i should have that on the top of my head but we've still been in such growth mode Mm -hmm. um that you know we haven't really been calculating that i'd have to that's okay about it, yeah.
0: Where besides your actual headcount in terms of sales and marketing people, where are you spending money to acquire new customers?
1: Yeah, it's mostly. I mean, so we we spend. Uh, we don't overspend on marketing. We're pretty strong sales and marketing people. So we've always had an inside sales model. It's always been phone sales uh, with young people. I believe in you know super young guys. We bring people in as BDrs to do prospecting. Those guys get promoted up to be account executives. Uh, we have a few sales engineers that help them to give uh, demonstrations. They
0: are you are you tough on them? Do you, you beat the heck out of those BDRs? You, you make them cold call a thousand calls a day?
1: Yeah, well, I, yeah, I used to, but now <laughs> I got you know, a of sales who so we call Crush. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know how does, I don't know how I'd feel coming in under stuff. a guy named Crush.
1: Yeah, he does the dirty work for so him. <laughs> That's does, pretty he, cool. He's Crush because he crushes his numbers all the time, and so. Uh, we have some fun with, uh, calling them crush. That's
0: yeah. awesome. Okay. Very good. What about, uh, what about churn? What are you looking at in terms of annual logo churn?
1: Yeah. So our churn rate has been higher than it should have been when we were doing the uh, license revenues. Right. And, yep. uh, uh, the annual you know, maintenance and support was probably 80% retention, okay. uh, in that business. And, um, Part of it was because we sold to a smaller company. So when I told you the company's been in business for 15 years, it started out selling software, shrink wrap software to QuickBooks customers. Wow. Who were five and $10 million companies, right? So a lot of them went out of business or the champion would leave or uh, whatever. So some of the 10% of the churn, I would say, was something beyond our control to do with acquisitions or champion leaving. We'd had a single user in many companies and so that person left. So our retention rates have risen from seventy five percent a few years ago to over eighty percent now and when we go to the SAS model we know we can get them to ninety percent you know we if you it.
0: if you look at that cohort the three hundred of the thousand that are on the SAS platform are you seeing already indicators of a much higher retention rate
1: absolutely yeah. that's, that's great. great I'll be frank the budget maestro nine our new product and the main purpose of that product was to make it easier to use. Mm-hmm. So our product, and we've been in business all those years, well, our product was written over 10 years' time. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, the UI wasn't completely consistent. It was written on different technologies at different times. And, you know, a lot of a code base that was cobbled together and not necessarily 100% user experience consistent, right? Mm-hmm. So we wrote the whole product to perform better and to add functionality, but to make it, much simpler to use so we know that our retention rates are going to go up and of course we're going to sign three-year contracts with people where our maintenance contracts were a year at a time mm-hmm. we signed prepaid and or three-year maintenance contracts with people so we had to go out and renew people's uh, maintenance every year so, are
0: you seeing good expansion revenue in terms of when you go and renew people expanding to additional seats or additional products or feature sets
1: we've always done about uh 10 to 20% of our revenue in upselling.
0: That's great. So if someone pay, I'm making this up, if someone pays you 10 grand in, in year one, on average, you'll see them go up to about 120 grand in year two.
1: You said 10 and 120. Sorry, 10, yeah, 10 yeah. and then 12. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we do, sell, uh, we do sell additional training. So when some new person joins the company, they often hire by a training package to train the new person. Um, so there's some training revenues as well to be sold, but we always sell more seats. That's great. Uh, now, know, now Barry,
0: think back to when you were first kind of getting this thing off the ground. What's the weirdest thing you did to acquire customers?
1: Wow. We'd do anything. Huh? <laughs> Barry, you better be careful what you say. <laughs> yeah, would, back in that time, we would do anything. Uh, I can't think of anything super weird, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of crazy emails we would send. Give me
0: an example of one of those. What um, was the subject line?
1: The subject line was always about uh, you know getting off the of spreadsheets and getting away from Excel. And so we, we created a really cool video, actually, where we showed that Excel was 40 years old. Excel was having its 40th birthday. So we created a, a funky video that had pictures of Bill Gates when he was you know, 20 years old and old computers with, you know, big green screens and with people with bell bottoms and, you know, <laughs> afros and all this kind of stuff from when Excel was first launched and basically said, you know, lot's evolved since uh, in 40 years. So so has software evolved, we fast forwarded to somebody with an with an iPod and, you know, with headphones on bobbing and listening to music and talking about, isn't it time for you to upgrade your technology that was a super fun video that got a lot of a lot of plays and a lot of notoriety because our customer happens to be usually a 40 to 60 year old man you know he's the cfo of a 200 million dollar company so it's usually um you know it's it's usually somebody um with some gray hair so they could identify with all the images that came up
0: and barry do you guys have any weird costs above the line or do you see typical SaaS gross margin uh you know in the 85 to ninety percent range
1: yeah, no, we don't have any extraordinary costs. Uh, okay, so you're yes. in that range? Yep.
0: That's great. And yep. then and then I know you're not doing a lot of paid marketing, but whatever you are doing, can you give me a sense of velocity of that? I mean, are you doing 10 grand a month, 100 grand a month, anything?
1: In what kind of marketing? In sorry? paid
0: marketing, Facebook ads, Google ads, conference sponsorships, things like that.
1: Yeah, so we spend, um, you know, we do a lot of webinars with you know some people, industry-type people. We definitely, uh, we spend at least... 10 grand a month on Google AdWords. Okay. Uh, we, um, so we do everything, you know, we do some of everything.
0: That's great. Uh,
1: a lot of email marketing. Um, we go to trade, we go to a few trade shows for the big general ledger packages like Sage and, and uh, Microsoft Dynamics. So we go to their trade shows. Um, we do a lot of channel marketing. So we do a lot of joint marketing with channel partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so I would say our marketing spend is, 100 grand a month, you know,
0: more. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders, like snooze almost, to keep your inbox clean. Do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com Click the red button that says, install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Very good. Barry, right, let's wrap up here with the famous five. These are one word answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Favorite business book would be uh, biography of Richard Branson. I don't know the name of the book, but I love Richard Branson's autobiography.
0: Number two is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh,
1: no, but I do like Marcus Lemonis, the prophet. I don't know if you watch that show or not, but he's uh, good. See,
0: see. I've bought so much candy from Sweet Pete's; it would blow yes. your mind.
1: Yeah, so I like Lamonis. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he makes profitable businesses super quick. People,
0: process, profit, yeah. right? Good stuff. Number three, what's your favorite online tool, like Acuity Scheduling?
1: Um, I live in Salesforce. I know that's not chic and not the latest thing, right? But I've got Salesforce open all the time, and I'm living in Salesforce. Um, and we use InsideSales.com uh, a lot you know, for tracking the leads we have and the follow-up on the leads so i would say those are the two that come to mind
0: number four how many hours of sleep do you get every night
1: i get uh, six to eight hours okay and what's your situation married single you have kids i'm married uh 40 something years wow got two children uh 28 and 26 a boy and a girl and two little baby grandchildren grandsons from my son one three and one uh, about six months old
0: that's wonderful barry and how old are you
1: I'm sixty five years
0: old that's wonderful okay take us back last question take us back forty five years. What do you wish your twenty year old self knew?
1: Wow I was such a different world back then you know what I mean I would say uh, I would say be bolder you know be, be bolder take more risks uh, especially in this day and age with all the tools there are to start businesses and so forth so I would say own a business figure out a way to it took me a long time to figure out how to get equity in the in the businesses i'm involved in so i'd say go out of your way to make sure you get equity in them. In a business that you think has potential, that would be my advice.
0: There, you guys have it from Barry Clapp. Take more risk, get more equity. Founder of Centage almost uh, almost 15 years ago, back in 2003, really ushered in accounting, especially in an on and budgeting and an on-prem scenario. Just last year, they reinvested a lot of money, millions of dollars, to move that to a software as a service-based platform. They crossed 12 million dollars last year in revenue. They have a team of about a hundred folks up there in Boston. 80 percent retention, which is growing as they move to that SaaS model. $13 million raised, which is significantly less their competitor, than their competitors, serving over 1,000 customers. Barry, thank you for taking us to the top.
1: Thanks, Nathan. It was a pleasure.